0: More parents need to be educated on the fact that they need to look at their children's time in the weight room as an investment for them, yes, for their athletic career, but it's also a lifelong process.
1: That was Charlie Bando of Bando Performance joining us for today's episode of RinkWise. Welcome to RinkWise, the premier hockey podcast in New England produced by the New England Hockey Journal. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. We're thrilled to introduce today's guests, Charlie Bando of Bando Performance, and his partner, former NHLer Freddie Meyer of Dream Big Hockey. Guys, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me. Thank you.
1: Well, we're really excited, as we said, to have you here, talk a lot about strength and conditioning and Dream Big Hockey, which is a premier skills program because both so important to the development of our young youth athletes and uh, as well as college and professionals. So Charlie, why don't you kind of start off just talk a little bit about your business and uh, how that all started and uh, kind of walk us through that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Obviously, I, I mean, going back to the to the roots here, I had a undergrad and at Castleton University up in Vermont. While I was there, I played hockey for four years, captain the team for two years, and I graduated graduated with an exercise science degree. And then right after school, I wanted to do something with it, right? So I was kind of bouncing back and forth from different junior organization to local gym X, Y, and Z, and I ended up acquiring a really good internship at Harvard University, working with all 42 of their varsity sports teams, and out of Harvard. Obviously, not getting paid as an intern, so I wanted to make a little bit of money. And I reached out to through through a couple contacts. I reached out to a local, not a local gym, but a New England gym, Prentice Hockey Performance, down in Stamford, Connecticut. And that gym was a pretty elite gym, and I got a ton of good experience from there. And it was a weird time for me. Like I was I was in between kind of finding my roots as a coach and getting married. And my personal life was kind of taken off. And me and my wife, we we were going to tie the knot in a matter of a year or so. So I wanted to obviously be closer to her. We were away from each other at the time and actually one of, one of Freddie's clients or not clients, but coaches, Brian Ward. I grew up playing, playing hockey with Brian. I'm a 92 birth year. He's a 92 birth year as well. So we went through the minor hockey ranks and we never lost touch. And, one day, Brian just reached out to me because he knew what situation I was in, and he reached out to me and he said, hey, I got this guy, Freddie Meyer with Dream Big Hockey. He's I've been talking to him a lot. He wants to go the direction of adding an off-ice component in with his skills, his, his on-ice skill com- component, and he's like, it would be a good chance for you guys to connect. And ever since then... I forget. I think it was like a Monday, Freddie, or something like that. I took your call, and it was in between athletes that I had down Apprentice, so I felt a little weird doing it. But I took his call, and and we had a good conversation, and how it led to it, it, it. eventually led to me going up to Boston again and meeting with meeting with Freddie, and just going over things how how everything would work and the type of facility that we would be in, and just get, having him running through the X's and O's of of how this is going to start off, and whoever who knew that I would turn into what it is now, but with a little bit of hard work and and due, due diligence throughout the whole process, like here we are now with three facilities. And obviously I, I owe a lot of credit to, to Freddie for, for making that happen and kind of putting his trust in me. And like I said, here we are.
1: So Freddie, he took your call three years ago, as he said, and that's a good thing. It sounds like a great partnership that you guys have. And Why don't you tell us a little bit about Dream Big Hockey? So prior, before you guys were working together, help us have a better understanding of that.
2: Yeah, sure. My, unfortunately, my career ended in, I think it was 2012. So at that point I was doing a little soul, soul searching of myself to try to figure out the next steps and decided to start. You created essentially a skill development platform. Obviously I had young kids at the time, so I knew I would be fully entrenched in the, in the youth landscape, but helping them. And so I started doing some small little clinics just to get my, my feet wet. And obviously it's always interesting from a player's perspective, you get into coaching. It's not as, not as easy as it seems. Um, so it started as a little bit of a grassroots and it's grown each year since that year. And I guess it's probably been about 10 years now since that started. And obviously we offer camps, clinics, private lessons, a little bit everything under the sun. Additionally, now we have an off-ice synthetic facility in Woolburn where kids are coming through and doing a lot of shooting passing, stick handling just to help them build their skills. But for me, I, d- I didn't know what I wanted to do after playing, but now that I'm in fully engulfed in the coaching world, it's, I love it being able to be around kids, helping them improve on ice and off ice has been a big piece for my say second career after my playing days. And I enjoy all the moments I get seeing smiles on the faces and and helping them take their, their next step to hopefully reach their potential.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. So you, you both have a thick hockey background and Charlie. So you clearly had a passion for strength and conditioning and let's go back to some of your experiences. So you mentioned doing some really great internships, one with Harvard I believe one with Mike Boyle, Strength and Conditioning. So how did you know that you – at what point did you know that you wanted to venture off on your own and take that a step further?
0: I mean it was always a goal of mine to – I think every – I mean you're you're almost lying if you don't – anyone in the private sector, you're almost lying to yourself if you don't want to have your own gym. I mean at least in my eyes. Like it's it's a dream come true. And I think that from – the get-go, ever since I decided what I wanted to major in, in in college with exercise science, I had ambitions of of one day starting my own facility. And then I think what really opened my eyes was was going down to Connecticut and just kind of seeing what Ben had. And... I was envious. Like he, he had everything under the sun in terms of equipment, easily one of the the nicest, if not the nicest weight rooms I've ever been in. And it was the, the guys that were going in and out of the, those doors every single day were NHL superstars. And to, to be surrounded by Monday through Saturday, it's a pretty, it's a, it, it's, it can be overwhelming at times, but for me, I just tried to immerse myself in the whole situation of it and just try and have the best time that i could and again I, I i wanted to just work super super hard to to keep that that ambition of having my own gym still a goal for me i i want to keep that in the back of my mind and work towards something i feel like a lot of the times in the private sector unfortunately there's 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 a lot of work that's put in but there's not much reward because of x y and z i, I, I there's a million things that can go into it but sometimes you don't always get what you want um but, you know, having said that, I think my time down in Connecticut really opened my eyes to to having me I, I wanted to train hockey players. I was a hockey player growing up. I, I that's who I was growing up. I missed high school dances, middle school dances, proms because of the fact that I was a hockey player and that's my life and that's Freddie's life as well and the only difference between me and freddy is that he does it on ice and i do it off ice right so it's yeah i mean it, it there there was so much that went into it when when thinking about it why i wanted to open my own facility it, it was not egotistical e- egotistically driven it was it's it's a lot better working for yourself than than other people so it's and you can do things the way that you want to do it and like i said here we are and 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 clearly things have been going in a in a good direction and Hopefully, we can just sustain it and keep it that way.
1: And you certainly get to run things the way you want. And uh, sure, just like we all have growing up with different coaches and et cetera, different teams, you've seen things that you liked how they were run, and you also saw things that you didn't like. So, Freddie, with your hockey background, obviously, just a really thick hockey background, super impressive, played at BU, played professionally and see a huge difference, not only from the skills development platform with hockey that you run, but also with the strength and conditioning now taking place with athletes and particularly much younger.
2: Yeah, the landscape has changed quite a bit. Obviously, I grew up in a small town in New Hampshire and my parents had zero hockey workout background. So it's changed a lot. And I I, I laugh sometimes about my own kids and the opportunities they've got, but it's not just them. Obviously, we're living in a great area in greater Boston and The resources are endless, endless in in a way. But I also think with that said, there are a lot of kids that are um, putting a lot of extra time in outside of their typical practices and typical game schedule and sometimes it gets a little crazy but I think there's a huge element of kids are more talented nowadays, kids are stronger kids are faster and we're lucky enough to, to have resources for these kids so they can take their next step in their development and that was a big piece of, of me connecting with Charlie a handful of years ago to, to try to get something off the ground and selfishly a lot of stuff I've done has started for my own kids and, and grown from there but we just I, I wanted a situation that was conducive so parents could essentially come get drop their kids off they're going to get high-end coaching and and help them get stronger off the ice and i knew i could handle the on-ice portion but needed a a partner in crime to to handle handle the off-ice stuff so kids can take the next step in their in their growth
1: well, and you two have certainly developed a very efficient training model. And by that I think one of the big things now is is people certainly value their time. And I think particularly at like the youth level, families are busy, they have multiple kids, they're running in different directions. So I think any time that you can provide a more efficient training method, you know, i.e. to your point, kind of get everything inclusively under one umbrella or one roof. Is super helpful, so I find that very unique in terms of the the training model that you guys have have created. So, talk a little bit more about that. So, you have a synthetic ice surface there, so players can go and do what kind of training? Shooting, stick handling?
2: Yeah, yeah. Good question. Yeah. So, the gym is located obviously in in Woburn, One of the gyms, one of the locations, and we where we have synthetic ice space in the same building. So, kids in a perfect world would come in and train with Charlie and his staff for sixty to ninety minutes, walk down the hallway, and then work on their you can call it off-ice skill work or on-ice skill work, depending on how you look at synthetic ice. But yeah, mostly shooting, quick releases, uh, passing, stick handling. Power skating is still done on ice, but there's obviously with synthetic ice, it's a great resource for kids to take the next step. And a lot of this, with with any of this that we're doing training-wise, on-ice and off-ice, there's an element of repetition. And so I think that's the key with the synthetic ice, where kids can come in and shoot 500 bucks in 50 minutes and leave and 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 feel like better about themselves if they've made progress. and. Yeah, the model for us, obviously, with a couple locations at rinks itself in Dedham and Worcester is is similar, where kids can come in, they work out for 90 minutes, they they go downstairs, they put their gear on, they skate for 90 minutes, and the parents can pick them up three hours later. Obviously, with, with, with families out there, efficiency is important. If I can go to one spot versus three different spots to get the same, same level of attention, it just streamlines the process for everyone
1: absolutely. And when it comes to skills development, so I mean, my opinion, I think one of the, the biggest things that we've seen change in our youth athlete from back when I played or when you guys played is I know growing up, I would do a lot of that stuff at home, like shooting pucks in the driveway. Uh, because you just, because either you did it there, or you just didn't do it. And I find that that doesn't really take place as much these days. Kids aren't as likely to just go outside and, and sort of practice their skill work on their own. So I think it's the brilliant kind of partnering up your gym, or your training with skills training, because I think like that just doesn't happen regularly like it used to years ago.
0: For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, especially when I was growing up to your point, like I, I know for a fact I, where I came from, I couldn't afford to go to all the the gyms that that we own and, and the type of facilities that that we have now, I couldn't I couldn't afford to do that. And obviously, it's a privilege for the kids that that can. But you know, for me growing up, it was it was like you said, I was in the driveway taking matters into my own hands and just trying to get better that way. And it's I think I think part of my passion for strength and conditioning really came during those early years where where i was a kid and i wanted to develop my hockey skills and you go on i don't think youtube was was actually i have no idea how how old YouTube is, but I would watch videos of guys training and, and just try and emulate what they do, whether it be college guys, pro guys, junior guys, you name it. Like it's, it's, I didn't know what I was doing back then. And I actually used to work at a little, a little hockey rink back in the day. I, I worked there for like eight years from, I have, since I was a freshman in, in high school until I was leaving, leaving college. And they had a, they had a gym in that, in that facility. And Every once in a while, the gym would throw out equipment, and that's how I accumulated equipment. And I I tried to do the best job that I can to make do with the equipment that I had. And I would go dumpster diving, and but you know that I, I guess that's where part of my passion came from, where I kind of fell in love with the the physical preparation process and just just trying to do everything that I can to better myself from an off ice standpoint without having mommy or daddy tell me what to do. Like I tried to take matters into my own hands, and I'm sure Freddie can speak of that. For, for himself as well.
1: Very clever. Sometimes when you're starting your own business, you have to be clever in how you start things up and acquiring old equipment and yeah. stuff like that. You do what you I'm need to do. I'm not proud of
0: it. Dumb, through, diving through dumpsters, but it, it, it got us to eventually this point in a silver lining type of a way. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I, I would do it all over again.
1: You do what you need to, to do to be successful sometimes. Absolutely. And, uh, when, you, when it comes to success, sometimes people want it, but they're not. Always willing to do what it takes to get there. Yeah, for sure. uh, sure. It's it's kind of a sink or swim type of a model. Now, so with both of these topics, so really I'm very passionate about both of them. So strength and conditioning with with athletes and the skills training program for hockey. So I think, Freddie, this could just be a whole other discussion or topic with the skills training now with – youth athletes because in my opinion this is for athletes essentially what makes you better and a growing trend i think that we're seeing a little bit is that people are they focus on it but maybe not as enough as they they should right in terms of their off off off-season training i think sometimes kids play too many games in the off-season instead of really focusing on the things that make them better and with your professional experience and opinion let's Talk about that. What, what are the things in your opinion that athletes should be doing in their off season that are actually going to be beneficial in helping them improve throughout the year?
2: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good point. It's a, it's a conversation that's, that's for sure out there in the wavelengths. And there's a notion of playing games is going to make you better, right? Like I need to play more games. My kid's not good enough. I think when you peel back a few of the layers and you start looking at individual buckets that you need to fill up as individuals or players, that's where as a parent, you can take kind of a deeper look. And And I think that's, that's kind of where we step back and I take a look. If I'm working with a kid on the ice or Charlie's working with a kid in the gym, those are all kind of different buckets that you need to fill up. And a lot of it say for the summer programming that we, that we run, kids should be working out and they should be skating. They shouldn't just be skating and the kids should be playing other sports as well. It's okay in the spring to pick up your baseball glove or your lacrosse stick and get out on the field and have some fun with your buddies or teams or whatever it may be because um, there's a ton of crossover that happens through those platforms. And I, and I think even with any of this, even in the skill development world, you need to be able to do a lot of stuff, meaning you need to be able to shoot, you need to be able to stick handle, you need to be able to skate you need to be able to win battles, you need to be able to think. So there's a lot of different buckets that you need to fill up as players. And it's not just one skill that you need to focus on. And I I think sometimes as parents, the one skill becomes let's play more games because I'm not good enough in the last game I played. And I see on the flip side and and I, and I, I see with my own kids and how I kind of manage them and and We play a few tournaments here and there, not much yet. In September, they show up and they're they're excited for the season to start. They're excited for those games. It's not just Groundhog's Day in a way where they're going back to the rink to play another game. So obviously, everyone's everyone's family and everyone's situation is unique and how they want to get through the process. I guess if I would offer advice to to families out there, it would be to look at all the buckets that you need to fill up to be a good a good good player, a good person, a good human. And I think we, we help fill those buckets by making them stronger off the ice, working on their shot on synthetic. Is it working on their skating on real ice? Is it summer position specific work where we dive a little bit deeper into how a defenseman goes back for a puck to make a breakout pass? I mean, I always look at a lot of guys I played with in the NHL that if you ran a strictly skill session, they wouldn't be very good out there. But you get them in a moment in a game under pressure with fans yelling and everything else. And they're the best in the business. So I think a lot of it, there's a lot of pieces to it to develop good players. And we're we're trying to do our best to help those kids take the next step in their development.
1: I couldn't agree more. And so you're essentially laying the foundation or the framework, if you will, with a, a hockey player's blueprint, right? So essentially kind of what what they see in a game or what the parents see in a game was kind of the result of your what you're doing with them off the ice, right? So I think... One of the trends that, that I've seen is, to your point, I think the the idea that playing games is actually going to make you better. Well, I like to go back to the the model, like even look at like NHL or, or, or college teams. I mean, college team will probably play two games a week, one to two games a week, usually on the weekend. And you're practicing every day throughout the week to get it just right for those one to two games. So essentially the practice to... Game ratio is maybe four to to one or two, right? So it's like you're spending four days a week practicing, practicing your power play, break it, whatever it is to hopefully get it just right for those one to two games on the weekend. And then you'll take one day off and then the whole process starts again on Monday.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I think
2: that's, it's it's tough as a parent. And, and, and I, I guess I speak, for, speak from experience because it's the landscape's confusing and there's a lot of options and you get new emails every week that has you sign up for another program or another team and you're trying to do everything you can for your kids. So I, I see the other side of it too, where it's, you want to give your kid an opportunity that maybe you didn't have, um, you know, but it's, it's the same way. It's being smart with those opportunities and signing up for a summer workout program is going to be more valuable than playing in a random event in July. And I look at it the same way from a skill development standpoint. Adding in some private lessons or small group training is probably going to be more beneficial than touching the puck three times on a weekend and, and spending X dollars at, at a local rink. So I think it's it's always hard as a parent. I think we're, Charlie, from our initial partnership, is all about helping athletes. We're there for our kids on and off the ice. And it's been it's been a ton of fun to to see kids develop and move on to play college hockey or pro hockey or high school hockey, or maybe they want to make their JV team, whatever it may be, there's a lot of different layers out there. And, and uh, that's what makes our job and not to speak for Charlie, but our job fun and interesting is when you see a kid smile because they've seen progress, they've seen success and they're, they're happy where their trajectory is going.
3: New England hockey journals, Rinkwise podcast will return after this message. Everyone knows getting hockey skate sharpened can be a hassle. Make it easier by sharpening your skates with a sparks sharpener. The sparks sharpener is safe easy to use and will save you time and money it only costs about a dollar a sharpening and you get an accurate consistent sharpening every single time head over to sparkshockey.com and use the promo code rinkwise at checkout to save fifty dollars that's sparkshockey.com with the promo code rinkwise and save fifty dollars catch the sacred heart university pioneers on the ice this season The Pioneers Division I men and women's hockey programs will not disappoint. Season ticket packages and individual tickets are on sale now at sacredheartpioneers.com. And opening in 2023, Sacred Heart University's Martiri Family Arena, a brand new 122,000 square foot premier skating facility in Fairfield, Connecticut. Learn more at sacredheartpioneers.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Listen, everyone. I want to let you know about a great team that is training the next generation of hockey players. It's Bando Performance. Their experts work with hockey players at all levels, from youngsters to Olympians, right on up to the pros. And I'm going to tell you how to get a great deal with them in just a sec. Bando Performance's small classes ensure the best odds for success for athletes looking to increase power and performance, as well as their nutrition and health. It has the same high-tech equipment you'll find in NHL weight rooms that hockey players use to increase their strength, speed, and power. I told you I could save you some money on this, so listen up. Go to Bando-Performance.com and pick a training program that's right for you. And this is the good part. For RinkWise listeners, use the discount code Bando30OFF to get a 30% discount. That's Bando-Performance.com with the code Bando30OFF and see your performance improve immediately.
1: Must be very rewarding for both of you to get to work so closely with your athletes and see them accomplish success and and achieve their goals.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm the same way. I mean, I it's Freddie. Freddie just went back to the, the about filling buckets, right? And I think that from my point of view, with it a, with a, parents, just don't understand about that concept of of actually filling buckets and what they actually need and i wish that there was more of a voice to 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 tell parents and educate parents about what kids actually need i mean Freddie just went on about talking about how kids don't need a variety of summer tournaments to get their kids better but instead they need private and semi-private on ice skill work to get themselves better because it's more time touching the puck from an off ice standpoint and a weight room standpoint, it's the same exact thing like I think that to to Freddie also also mentioned that he'd rather see more people in the gym and I have a biased opinion, of course, but I think that that's definitely the case. like more parents need to be educated on the fact that they need to they need to almost look at a weight room and their children's time in the weight room as an investment. For them, yes, for their athletic career, but it's also a lifelong process, right? Like after, I mean, I'm done playing, you're done playing, Freddie's done playing. We all still train whether it's for to play golf for me or i don't know what you do during the weekends but or, or freddie for that matter but like we're all training for something and it's it's yes it's super important for uh for an athletic development standpoint and for for a kid to get to where he wants to go sure it's it's largely important but it's it's also largely important in in a lifestyle choice, and and for kids to look back, and they they know how to lift weights, they know how to train properly. They're not just going into any sort of Planet Fitness and and hitting the curls and and tricep pushdowns or whatever you want to call it, a couple crunches, and then walking out the door. Like they they know exactly what type of structure that needs to be done for them. They 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 know that. We, they need to focus on a mobility aspect of, of things and a flexibility aspect of training. And under our roof, we teach them that.
1: Indeed. And I, I think, I'm not sure what we all do on the weekends, but I think I can speak for all three of us that certainly the physical activity are habits that stay with you for, for life. You still stay active and exercise even after the playing days are done And you mentioned a really great point. And I think backtracking to that for a second. So these days, I think it's really important to help families know what, where they're going to get the most bang for their dollar. So what's good to invest in for the long-term development of their, of their athlete, you know, you know, Freddie, you said this, I mean, there's, there's a ton of things that you can do these days. I mean, if really, if. I think if you let families let themselves, they can sign up for a hockey camp or tournament almost every week or every day of the summer. So, I think like going back to the investment for families, we we were talking prior to the show starting, and for an elite athlete to be on one hand, or an elite program, if you don't have a serious strength and conditioning program on the other it really just doesn't add up. So I would love to talk about that. And also how athletes are starting younger, obviously age appropriate training, but that's made a huge impact on advancing the game. I can speak for the girls side, especially where you see a lot of female athletes that are just bigger, stronger, faster than they ever were. And a lot of think comes down to the training components that they're starting to do at a younger age.
0: Yeah, I mean, specialization, and especially in the game of hockey, is definitely it's it's more prevalent than it was when I was growing up. Kids aren't the the unfortunate thing is kids aren't playing other sports, and they're only focusing on hockey. And they're play they're, they're trying to do is they're trying to play as much hockey as possible, three hundred sixty five days out of the year, and and not not prescribing any sort of regimented strength and conditioning program or any other physical activity, whether it's playing another sport that they're not adding that into their, into their regimen. And I think that over time it can be extremely detrimental to a, to a young athlete, right? Like you see all the time, like I see now kids come into the gym and they're, they're 12 years old and they're, they got, they got hip flexor and groin issues. And it's like, that shouldn't be the case. It's that's not my fault that your kid has chronic hip pain. It's 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 more or less the, the parents are forcing a square peg into a round hole. And if you think about it, no pun intended, but that's that's exactly what's going on in their hip capsule, right? There, a lot of the kids now they're they're dealing with these different types of the the these these joint issues, whether it's a cam impingement, FAI. Or any other sort of lesion-based thing on their femur that's blocking their their mobility from taking a normal skating stride or, or or anything other than a normal skating stride, they're they're going to be in pain. So my job is to to really go in and and a lot of the times parents say, hey, can you train? You train hockey players, yeah, I train hockey players, but I also train other athletes as well. And a lot of a lot of parents say to me, hey, can you? he needs to be get his first three steps quicker he needs to move his feet quicker x y and z there's a million other things that that parents say to me that that translates specifically to the game of ice hockey where what they need is something that doesn't correlate to ice hockey they need to be mo- moving in other three-dimensional patterns that they're not that that they're not going to see in the sport right so getting them involved in a in a in a various type of Dynamic warm up can even be beneficial, right? So, under our our roof, what we try and do is we like to fill buckets where we look at a kid and we're like, okay, this kid plays, he practices four, five, six times a week, and he's playing four games on top of that. Where does he? Where does he have time to 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 fit in anything? And we we like to get kids from a programming standpoint and and basically look and see, okay, are you are you moving in a manner that's not you know that that's outside of the realm of hockey if so then that's good that's what you need if you're moving in a manner that's inside the realm of hockey it's probably not making you better we like to give kids prescriptions that they're not getting elsewhere right so if like i said if a kid's playing 7 days a week of hockey and they're constantly skating and they're pushing the lateral direction we're going to give them something in a sagittal plane or a linear movement to to combat that and and hopefully to keep them healthy and to keep them safe but i think more or less the the biggest thing that that what we see is that kids are specializing way too young they need to be playing other sports and they need to take off ice training seriously because yes it does help them in a matter of hockey but it also helps them like i just mentioned in a matter of life too and the other sports that they play
1: Yeah, indeed, lots of uh, specialization going on earlier and earlier, which doesn't seem to be beneficial, and certainly isn't producing any better results. And Freddie, are you also noticing the same thing with some of your young athletes?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely. I think it goes back to the parents, not the athletes, in a lot of ways. And and obviously, I think as as a parent myself, as I've said a few times, like you're trying to do everything you can for your kids, and a lot of, and sometimes that's overworking them, right? But you don't want to feel like you're underworking them where you've you've missed an opportunity for them to take the next step in their growth. And my always my always recommendation is it's it's there's a lot of different ways to get there and there's a lot of different things kids needs. And is it is it different muscle patterns? Is it is it maybe doing some game footage review? Is it skill development? Is it shot? You can work on you can have the best shot in the world, but if you don't know where to go on the ice to get the puck, then your shot's not worth anything. So there's there's a lot of notions out there of of why kids are having success or why kids aren't having success. And I think that's where same way. And I know yourself too, Stephanie, you come in as a trusted adult to help parents kind of guide through the path, through the course of this. And that's been, that's been the fun thing for me too, is, is, is helping parents understand it and what their kid might need. And a lot of, there's a lot of non-hockey parents out there that are in this, in this core with their kids and they need help and guidance. And like I said, a few times, that's where the strength and addition component comes in where you need your kids to get bigger, faster and stronger and help them in all areas of their life, not just on the ice. And I think it's just the landscape's confusing I and mean, probably in a way on purpose in some ways. But it's 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 that's why we're here to help help parents, guide parents and hopefully make kids better better humans and better athletes along the way.
1: Yes, indeed. And yeah, all three of us, we're, we're fortunate. We get to work with a lot of young athletes and we, we do certainly try our best to help and educate. And Freddie, I think that's a that's an excellent point. It's it's There's a lot of options these days, a lot of information being thrown at families. And uh, I agree with you. I think most, most parents are just really trying to do the best they can for their kids, but there is a lot of information out there. I want to kind of pivot back a little bit, and I want to talk more, I think, with your business. And one of the last things you mentioned just about, I think, working individually with athletes, I thought it was really great. So your sounds like it provides a really great sort of a customization type of a component. So in your opinion, working with athletes, there's not a one size fits all training model it Correct. sounds like.
0: Correct. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, they, they think that it's like a, our, our program's a cookie cutter program, which it is absolutely not. Every single kid in, under our realm is is dealing with a different type of of strength and conditioning program. How it works is basically a kid comes in, we analyze a kid from a mobility standpoint, a strength standpoint, and a and a speed standpoint. And we have different types of technologies that kind of go in and analyze that sort of thing. For example, a, a big thing that we have are our force plates, which a big part of our assessment is, is we like to see how much force a, a kid can produce. So what we'll do is we'll have them go ahead and, and, and and stand on the force plate and what the force plate can actually do is it can see asymmetries between left and right limbs and how much force that a that an athlete is producing into the ground where they where they lack force where they're deficient and we take them through a vertical jump so what they'll do is they'll just load up a vertical jump try and jump as high as they can so we can see force upon leaving the ground we can see force upon landing or absorbing the floor and from there all of their data goes into a cloud, and from that cloud, data we can just see and analyze every single kid um, at a microscopic level, and just see okay, there little Jimmy's better at absorbing force, but his his right leg's absorbing ten percent more than his left. What are we gonna do for that? Or yeah, little Jill is is she's she's producing a lot of force, but her manner of producing it is is not up to par with where she should be at right so how are we going to program for her moving forward from there and obviously if if a kid has some sort of underlying injury or an issue whether it be a hip problem an ankle problem knee you name it shoulder which are basically the more common injuries that you'll see in ice hockey we'll we'll address it we'll we'll sit that we'll sit them down and and we'll do a table test and We'll literally go in and, and and see how much range of motion that they have in a certain position, and just make the call based on 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 what we see and 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 what we feel is best for them. But to to get back to your to your point, every single program that we have, every athlete that we have, they're all on a different program. How we work is is we have a we have a a certain model. It's called the Omni Contraction System, and from there if you think about what omni contraction means is there's three muscle muscle actions when it comes to Training, right? So if you think of that vertical gym, you have an eccentric action, which is they're, they're absorbing the floor. You have a concentric action, which is them pushing the floor away from them. And then you have an isometric action, which is basically that from the time that they start to descend, that, that very little split second time at the bottom before, as they're descending and right before they're about to push up. And that's the isometric portion. And, and we program in all three realms of a muscle action, right? So um, for example, a typical program would look like on Monday, it's their eccentric day, which causes the most muscle damage. So we want to get through the hardest part of the their program earlier on in the week. Their second day is an isometric day, which is basically they're holding at disadvantageous positions for an extended period of time and really trying to build some resilience in a certain... And then their third day is peaking them so that they can go into their games fresh and without soreness and just try and stimulate their central nervous system as best as we can. And if they are in for a fourth day, it's, it's, it's a mobility day where we're just trying to grease the groove, so to speak, and, and make sure that, that everything's, everything's feeling good because part, part of the, part of the process too, for a young athlete is to, to, to feel good heading into games. And, but it's also to, it's also to know that, that that you're ready to go. Right. So we, the the mental side of things where an athlete can come, come to us later on in the week and and, and say, wow, I feel really, really good. I'm going to have a great game this weekend. And that goes a long way to them. And to my point, that's how we, that's how we program.
1: Sounds fascinating and really quite remarkable to see the advances in strength and conditioning programs, right. From, from way back in the day where you can analyze so much data and I think just wonderful for you guys that you can essentially break down an athlete's strengths and weaknesses and really customize a a program based on that. And Freddie, you must be able to do very similar things with your hockey training, given that you're in a smaller setting, a little bit more personal interaction with your athletes. So talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, obviously we don't have quite as fancy machines taking vertical jumps and whatnot. I thought he might have you get up Stephanie and jump just to kinda of get get a gauge of
1: hey, I'm ready. To... Yeah, I'm ready.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean obviously we run a lot of private small group stuff, which just allows in a similar notion the coach to be familiar with the kids and what their strengths and weaknesses are. Specifically at the synthetic facility, you can help kids with their hand position. Are they holding their stick the right way? Are they following through correctly? Are they using the technology of the sticks that are available now in the market? So it's all in a similar notion of of just making kids better hockey players. And this is a lot of fine fine tuning along the way. And and I'm a big fan. I know we talked about it or you talked about it earlier, Stephanie, about shooting in your driveway or shooting at home. And I would that would be my strong recommendation to anybody is is it's important to get some TLC or it may be to work on your skill sets. But you know, the other days of the week, you need to go home and you need to put time in away from from the gym or from from the rink and to work on your shot or work on your stick handling. And Patrick Kane d- didn't have pri- private license, lessons his entire life. That's not why his hands are so good. I'm sure he had some good coaching along the way and, so, and did some privates, but overall, he probably had a stick and a ball or, or, or in his hands for most of his life. So once again, it's repetition and just fine tuning the the skill sets. So when they get back on the ice or get back in the game. It becomes muscle memory, and they're better players for it.
1: Indeed, that ten thousand hour rule, right? With with sports and elite athletes.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think it's you don't need to get the ten thousand hours before the age of ten. So there's a there's a fine <laughs> there's a fine line when that number starts kicking in. But yeah, you need a certain amount of time to be good at something, and and I think I think. It's important to to want to to have a passion, to chase that passion, and make sure it's make sure it's the kid's passion and not mom and dad's passion. And I think it's great to see a kid that comes in that has been working on his game at home, and he's excited to tell the coach what he's been doing and show off his new skill set. So those are the kids that are motivated. Those are the kids that are gonna keep getting better year after year.
1: Coach's humor there, you couldn't help but get a chuckle from all three of us that <laughs> you don't have to get the 10,000 hours before the age of 10. It's true. It's true. And no, it's it's wonderful. I think the, the extra practice and whatnot, absolutely necessary at home that needs to take place. But, you know, it's so important to work with someone like yourself, I think initially, even because getting the proper technique, whether it's with hockey or whether it's with strength and conditioning is absolutely necessary. And I think because if you're not getting, let's say, for example, you are home practicing, but you're not doing it properly or the technique isn't correct, you're essentially practicing something, doing something incorrectly, right? So you're just getting better at doing something poorly, essentially, right? So getting that proper training and technique is so, so crucial at those younger ages
0: yeah I mean i I can speak to that very largely just because of the fact that we get kids who are so young coming to us and they don't know they don't they don't know how to how to sit on a toilet for that matter. You know what I mean? So it's like we gotta we gotta really teach them how to how to move and and how to how to feel the floor and work in three dimensional motor patterns for sure because it's only going to benefit them as they as they age and throughout their years of athletic development.
1: Well, and finally, wonderful discussion here today. And we want to help our audience just understand where you're located, where they can find you. We were talking, we were joking a little bit. So you opened one of your facilities in 2019, which of course was the worst possible time ever to (laughs) open a gym in hindsight, right? Given the pandemic was, was rearing right around the corner. So future, where can we, where can we find you? Where are your facilities located? Plans for the future.
0: Yeah, so right now we're in the process of opening our third location in the Block Ice Center in, in Dedham, Massachusetts. And Bando Performance has locations in the Worcester Ice Center out in Worcester, Mass, and in Ten Micro Drive in Woburn, Mass. And we have, we obviously have our our fair share of of clientele that that come to either one of the facilities and that trains out of those facilities. But the reason why we're at the locations that we are is to we're, we're all that we're trying to do is just be we're, we're trying to give people access to us, right? We, we, we feel as though that we have a lot to share and a lot to give and from not only the, the strength and conditioning side but also the coaching side as well and like I said we we, we we feel as though we have a we have a great following so far and we just want to make that we, we, we want to make that accessible to, to local clients in the area and not limit ourselves just to the North Shore of Boston or Western Mass or the South Shore we want to be in all three locations and obviously if you if things keep going the route that they're going we want to we want to expand i don't know where that's going to be but we'll definitely encourage that opportunity
1: well we certainly wish you all the best and can't wait to see your continued success in helping to shape our young upcoming student athletes
0: yeah thanks for having us oh guys this,
1: this has been a wonderful discussion can't thank you enough for for both joining us here this morning of course thank you That does it for this edition of RinkWise. Our podcast is produced by David Yaz. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at NEHockeyJournal. And subscribe online at NewEnglandHockeyJournal.com. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. RinkWise is a Siemens Media production.